You are now listening to the 5 to 9 talk where smart people make things simple. Ever wondered what it feels like to be in a totally different career from what you're doing now? I'm your host Claudio Porter and on this podcast I'll be speaking to various professionals who will cover the ups and downs of their career journey so you can have a glimpse of what's available out there for you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 5 to 9 Talk. And today's special guest is a close friend of mine, Coyote. Welcome to the show, my bro. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Obviously, with this lockdown business, everyone just at home. But, you know, what about you? How are you feeling? Bro, listen, it's been an interesting, what, four or five weeks now? Yeah, like, yeah, every, yeah. Everything shut down the world and stopped, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, the bills are the bills haven't stopped though. Yeah, but, the... <laughs> bro, the bills never stop, man. It never stop. Trust me, trust me. Now, um, obviously, you are um a delivery PMO lead, and um, before we get into that, let me ask you if you have a favorite quote or that you live by or is there a specific person that you know has impacted you in a positive way uh, and that you look up to by any chance you know what a favorite quote that literally i think from was it last year or the year before i started to live by um it's one of my friends he said it and he was like life is about it's about width not length um because okay. length is not you can never control the length but the width you can control who you touch who you reach and mm. how far your legacy is like it expands you know like the distance okay. your name travels and your brand travels that's all down to you and essentially oh. that is is the sort of philosophy around helping people and building the network of the community and that's right if you it, it's, there's a lot to it it's like for example we, we were speaking about this even recently and he asked me what's the def- what how do i define wealth mm. and um to tie that in with the philosophy it's like what is left if you have no money in your bank account, that's what defines your wealth, in my oh, opinion. Right, 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 right. Makes so, sense. Yeah, Makes yeah. Sense. So, um, with with width, okay. if you, if you if you have richness in your width, whether you have money in your account or not, you still you have still wealth. Wealth. Yeah, yeah. You see it. So, makes sense. Um, though. Makes sense. Yeah, that's a total different perspective as well um, on how to look at this. You know, just not materialistic way. Yeah. Um. So now, definitely. Now. Before obviously we start uh, going into your your career journey, let's um, break it down a little bit. Let's explain to people who might not know what a PMO lead, um, what what it stands for, what it does. Yeah. Um, so let's start with let's start with that, please, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's cool. So I, I won't lie to you. I've been in this show for like ten months, and to be honest, I'm still not even really sure what I do. But <laughs> that's great because I, yeah, <laughs> I, I do a bit of everything. So. Um, if you're familiar with the project management world, then you understand that there's, there's project support, there's right. project analyst, project manager, there's, and they, they all, of course, have the different rankings and the hierarchy. Yeah. And in yeah, terms yeah, of what definitely. I do, I'm, I'm not involved in project delivery itself. Um, I set the framework for project delivery. So, okay. um, I can't, so, sorry. Yeah, like at the top of it, would you say? Um, it's like I, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of besides it. So, you, right, so for okay. example, you'd have your project support, your your project officer, um, uh-huh. and then your project manager. I'm yep. sort of besides the three. So I don't okay, I don't okay. yeah I don't work for a project manager. I work for right. um, 
I don't really even like to define it, but because like a project management, okay, like yeah, it's more exactly like so it's the, exactly yeah, yeah, it's a project yeah. management office. So I'm in, I'm involved with the PMO office, so I'm not involved in the delivery itself. I don't get involved in completing the deliverable, but okay. I set I set the infrastructure, the deliverable to the creator, completing. Sorry, so like in terms of the um, uh-huh. the risk culture, um, the right. KPI management, the vendor management, the resource. Okay, like I create the framework in regards to that and how it's managed okay. and um sort of more company-wide projects. So, for example, I'm working on a KPI project. The company wasn't using metrics to measure the delivery and their performance uh-huh. before, whereas um, as of October, um, I implemented a KPI tool, which has constantly been developed and fine-tuned across the whole organization. So, right, right. Yeah, it's like sort of... Cool. That sounds, sounds very, very technical, very specific. Oh, and obviously, man, man. We, need to, we need to take it back a little bit, you know? Yeah, Now everyone understands... Um, maybe the project management vocabulary or, or even the specific yeah. sector. So um, let's begin from understanding how you started and how you got yourself involved um, into into this world, really. Yeah, okay, cool. So um, when I left uni, my, my auntie, so she's um, very sort of experienced in project management world, she said to me, look, nothing that will reward you. Well, there are many things that reward you, um, but in terms of project management, get into it now and specialise in it. So right. I, I heard it and she would tell me about the earnings and whatnot. And I think I was just young. I didn't really take it seriously. I was just like, ah, yeah, whatever. And um, uh. I was working for, for a bank as well. I was working retail banking. So I thought, you know what, this could progress to something a bit more, a bit more um, rich, essentially. And mm-hmm. I was in retail banking for probably about three years, three, four years. And okay. it was a nightmare. I hated it. I could not stand it. And I complained to my auntie and she was like, listen, if you had listened to me three, four years ago, you would have been out of this in, in, in a better field. So at that point, <laughs> I thought to myself, So she was already giving you yeah, a, yeah, a tool yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, You know, I'm a really stubborn person. So you can tell me yeah, something yeah, a million times, but until, until I'm ready to do it, I'm not doing it. Then when I've done it, it'll be like I told you so. So that was the situation. <laughs> right, okay. Um, and at that point, I decided to do the Prince 2 Foundation. I got that out of the way. Started, yeah. started looking for um, project management roles. So I'm, as we all do, I embellished my CV, made it look good, uh-huh. tailored everything to uh-huh. this project management. And I got my first project management role um, as a project support officer for an investment bank. Okay, um, great. That then and that, oh, sorry. Yeah, so uh, it's good the fact that you mentioned that you got your um, Prince too, because I got that as well myself. Um, However, do you feel like it's a requirement for people who want to um, maybe come into the project management um, sector? Because I feel like, yes, the Prince2 gives you like a foundation of how projects are meant to be delivered, they are meant to run. However, I don't think it's something that must be mandatory for everyone. Or what, yeah. what, what do you reckon? I feel like um, right now, in, in most space, especially if you're in the tech space, mm-hmm. um, Prince 2 is irrelevant. Like ev- everyone works under Agile. And the um, company exactly. that I'm working for now, they, they were working under a waterfall method. And we, we came right. in and we were like, this is rubbish, this is garbage. Like, move to Agile, and that's what's happening now. And everything's getting better. Okay. I think with the Prince yeah, 2, yeah, yeah. The, the reason people are recommended to do it is because it's cheap and it shows some sort of commitment. You know what I mean? It's like if, okay. you, if you have Definitely. no project management experience and you want to get into the field, why should I hire you? What do you have that can 
give me any indication mm. that you that you're sort of willing to commit to this career path, you know? So with the Prince too, it's a cheap the foundation's cheap. It's yeah. easy. So by just getting out on your C V it shows it the cool. Like no one cares about Prince too. I even had an interview a few years ago and they asked me, um, just as a random question, how would you employ Prince two in the PMO space that we have here? I couldn't answer the right. question. I was waffling. I was like, you know what? I just don't even know. And he, and he laughed. He was like, good, because no one can answer the question. I can't even no answer can the I, question. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, I he feel like it's worth... Definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah. it's it's a checkpoint, and I guess it's it's good to have on your CV, but, you know, it's, it's nothing that actually stamps your your experience or, yeah. or something like that, you know. So, now definitely, okay, yeah, understandable. So... Okay, so you got your Prince too, um, and you got your first project manager role. Then was that um, what what type of company was that? So that was an investment firm. So um, okay, that was an interesting project. So I never worked in a project manager space before, and my project mm-hmm. manager at that point. So I, that's when I was involved in the actual project delivery. So my role changed from a project support officer to a project analyst. And, okay, um, it covered quite a bit of ground because I was involved with the delivery of the project, but also um, in regards to like risk remediation and justifying why the actions that we did implement were sufficient to close the case. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like a two month testing sustainability period, it was, it was nuts. Um, and in all of that, two things worked in my favor. So, because I had more project management experience than my manager, who just because I've done a qualification, he would refer to me. And he'd ask me a certain question. Um, <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I remember the first time I sat in a, a board meeting with the seniors on the floor, like the top level guy, right. wealth manager. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I thought, cool, I'm just going there to listen. I'm just going there to, to hear what these guys have to say, you know, just have a look at the structure of their meetings. And then one of the guys asked me a question. And, bro, I started talking straight away. And if I start talking straight away, it means I'm chatting shit because I haven't thought about what I'm saying. I'm swinging it. <laughs> So I was talking, I was speaking, and I was hoping that somebody would interrupt. You know, like when people, like, you troll your sentence and someone yeah, takes yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody was doing it. it. So I kept talking. <laughs> and then, wow. yeah, man, and then I stopped. And then it was silence for, like, five seconds. And then one of the guys goes, this is a great idea. And I was like, no, you guys should talk about this, because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you guys should think about this. Don't don't just take what I say as words, you know. Like, think about what uh, I've said, because there, there are probably some loopholes in this, isn't it? So, some yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, it makes you think, though, but I'm presuming that, obviously, you were talking with bare confidence then. Obviously, no one had the, I don't know, courage to say, hold on a moment, um, are you actually sure about this or anything like that? So, yeah, nah, that, sounds, that sounds crazy. Yeah, I think that, that, that might have helped. Speaking of confidence and the fact that I was um, new, so I think they listened to what I said because I was a new, a new set of eyes. You know, when you're involved in something, Sometimes right. you don't have an objective view on it. So they might have thought, right, as an outsider looking in, he might say something valuable. And okay. to this day, I don't know if what I said was valuable, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I still survived that contract. So I must, I must have done something right from my time then. Okay. 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 No, that sounds, sounds, <laughs> sounds definitely, definitely fun. Um, so how did you move on from there? Because obviously that was your first role. Um, and I'm presuming you thought, okay, this is, what did you think overall? Do you think, okay, is, was it something that was easy to do or was it a case like, oh shit, this yeah. is quite challenging? And, and... You know what, in, in pro- with project management, um, for me, I don't think the role is difficult. I think it's intense. I think there's a big difference. In mm. um, there, mm. there may be a lot of things to do at the same time, a lot of commitments. And 
in yeah. here on an individual basis the commitment's not difficult like and right, 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 you do course. rely on other yeah, yeah, people yeah. but for example like coding coding's a difficult job you know you know what I mean like, that you requires mm. ridiculous technical skill um, but with yeah, project management I, I, yeah yeah definitely yeah, it's just it's intense definitely. Um, so in terms of my progression I, I was in that contract for six months and okay. then at the same company they offered me a risk manager position so I thought you know what why not which was okay, where, so you switched you know what it was, it was interesting so it wasn't it was a switch but i found myself sort of back in the same place so with risk management right it was in, it was in wealth management and so i was front office risk and i was um, involved in making sure the client advisors were sort of under compliance with how they interact with their clients so there's a, a lot that went into it so i learned a lot but because i didn't have the exact qualifications mm-hmm. there was a cap on what right. i could do so to fill out the capacity that i had left and they sort of got me involved in a project on the front of the space management team, which was to update their methodology, update their reporting. And that was, that was a big, big project. It started off really simple. But from okay. the um, project that I did before I joined that role, the um, implementations that I was going forward to make became an audit point for the closure of the whole project. So something that was just a sort of initial facelift for the front of the space management team that yeah. turned into a company-wide Okay. A, a wealth management wide change and man that was that was a nightmare it was good it was fun oh, but so. just <laughs> just in terms of how it changed like it escalated in like four days it's, it's like right yeah. right 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 yeah so it was a big jump and uh so obviously looking back i'm presuming um you might have a help have a, had help obviously from either colleagues around you or or, or maybe um from outsiders other how did you navigate yourself because there there must have been a situation where you probably didn't know what to do um so how would you advise someone that you know starts their first pa project management role um and how to get help you know what yeah what to do in cases um like yours where you might not know exactly everything um i think it's it's always good to have to find yourself a mentor in the space so i was lucky my auntie was there for me um, so anytime mm. I was stuck I could ask her a question and she'd give me that answer um, more often than not you, you will have a project manager if you're, if you're just entering the space you'll have a project manager that will give you direction um, yeah but it's, it's always good to find some sort of mentor if you can't find your project manager I mean LinkedIn there's a few people on LinkedIn they're mental groups and this, stuff, this kind of stuff and if not you, I think everyone knows someone that works with project management Every, yeah, I think right to, now, yeah, yeah right now. So <laughs> if, if you, as, as long as you have something to refer to, um, you'll be good. So I think a mentor, it's great. If it's methodology based, I'm on say on YouTube. If it's something mm-hmm. that you're struggling to understand with, um, like agile or or something related to the actual field, and you want to understand what DevOps or TechOps or DevSecOps and that sort of stuff, like yeah, I say yeah, on YouTube. The, the, yeah, the internet has every answer that you need when it comes to this yeah, stuff. Definitely. Definitely makes sense. Um, so after that risk manager role within the same the same World Bank, well, how did you how did you progress from there then? Um, after that specific contract. So um, I took time off. So after that role, when our contract expired, I took I think, four months of work just to enjoy life. You know, holiday, <laughs> party, I to enjoy that. DJ, so you made so much money yeah, that you thought, yeah, that's it. Know, uh, it was stressful though because I, I was day rate contracting. So daily right. contracting, you know, if um, you take a day off, you lose your money. Yeah, sick, you lose your yeah money. of so course. 
I think for a year and a half, decided to turn public holidays and then take a single day off. So by the time that contract finished, I was exhausted. I was I was mm. run out completely. So um, took four months off, and then I got an offer about the current role that I have now. So um, I was purely in finance in this okay. world's fintech base. So um, for me, it was like, well, I'll take it because this is the first role that's been offered to me after a four-month break, so I'd be ignorant not to take it. And funnily right, enough, right. I, I planned to take it just as a placeholder and then find something okay. new um, completely to that was a bit more tailored to what I wanted to do because, again, this is a new space. It's not really where I'd intended to end up. And mm. here we are 10 months later and I've, I've enjoyed the role. I've learned massive amounts and it's opened up massive, massive career opportunities. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no. So how, is this the same role um, you've been in for a while then? So, yeah, so this, so this one I'm in now, as I'm a PMO mm. lead, I've been in this for 10 months. My contract for this one finishes in oh, wow. July. July. In July, yeah, yeah. Um, and I see, obviously, that you mentioned it. Even your first, I think, even your first role was that was that contract. Even your first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so do you think it's um easier to just? Oh no, let not let me not say easier. But um, in terms of what made you choose contract instead of of, of permanent roles, is it just a case that okay, you applied and, and you just go go it, or was he? A sound decision that you said, yeah, this is me. I want just want to do contracting from the day one. It was the money. It was definitely, <laughs> definitely the money. Um, simple as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple as, you know. There's, there's a lot of risk mm. that you absorb when you start contracting, and it's not for everyone because it is. Okay. It's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous, dangerous game. I mean, if we look at the situation now, mm. um, we have such a an obscure time in the world right now. If you're a day rate contractor. And you're, you're the first to go. You, you'll be the first to get cut out of budgets. And of course. Yeah, it's, it's, course. So it's a dangerous game. Um, but at the time, I didn't, I didn't really have that foresight. I was lucky. Okay. So um, it was just, yeah. I'm earning this much now if I get contracts. Even the lower end contracts were significantly more in terms of earning than um, what I was earning at the time. So, you know, mm. okay. to be fair, yeah, um, I had before with that role I had two interviews on the same day and one of them was for a perm role and the one I got was obviously a contract. Um, right. I would I would have taken either one, but you know, the contract came first and so yeah. And yeah. Let's yeah. do it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Um so obviously the the money part is definitely um a positive, it is it's definitely a plus. Um on the flip side, what's um what's something that you can say it's been challenging um, throughout the years? It's the psychology of contracting. I think that's, it, it messes okay. with you a lot. Um, because as I said, you, you don't get paid if you take time off. If you if you're sick, you don't get paid. And it gets tough because there will be times where you're sick or you're feeling burnt out. And realistically, mm-hmm. you can handle, you, you can afford to take time off because you've been paid a bit more by a contractor anyway. So if you were to take, to take a week off, like you can balance it. But because mm-hmm. of the way you start to see money, and it's like rather than looking at it as um, a bonus for your health and for your mindset, you see it as a cash loss. And when you start seeing right. things as a cash loss in place of your health and your mental stability, you start to quantify it. Mm-hmm. Your body, you know, you start to put numbers. So it kind of automatically it. triggers you. Exactly. To... Yeah, that's, it's dangerous. That's a dangerous game because there were times mm-hmm. where I felt run down 
completely run down. And I still be in office. And you don't get any better doing it that way. There's right. a time when my manager said to me, look, the next five days, just take it off. Take it off. Don't, okay. worry, don't worry about pay. Don't worry about all of that. Just take the next five days off. And I tried to battle it. I was like, no, nah, look, I'm not taking time off. And she was like, listen, you're <laughs> going to drop dead in the, in the office if you don't take yeah. time off. Just go away. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, of course. So I think that's the most, that's one of the challenging things of contracting and, of course, um, job stability. Like I said, with contracting, mm-hmm. you're the first, you're the first out. I was lucky. That's on the With the first six months, my yeah. notice was, I think it was either a week or two weeks. And wow. then that got changed to a month when it got extended for a year. Okay. So one day okay. advice that I give to people looking to contract is always try to negotiate a notice period. You can do yeah. it. Yeah. To make it work in your favor. You yeah. Because a month, a month is fine. You know, if you're contracting, earning a decent amount on a day rate. If you yeah. if you have a month's notice, by the time you're out, you would you'd be able to have saved a couple of grand. You could. Um, mm. If you're on a week, yeah. obviously they can decide on one day that you're done by the end of the week, and that's it. You have no time to prep, no time to look. It's, it's so you can go there's nothing in your contract that cannot be negotiated um i think that's something very important for people to know yeah um because even in impermanent roles and stuff like that anything and everything can be negotiated um however because maybe it's not done as often as people would like people believe that oh shit i can't i can't say this or if i say this then they won't hire me anymore but you know, you have to look out for yourself, I guess, um, to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, but however, in terms of, of the role itself um, within Project Manager, what, what did you find, um, or what do you find the most challenging aspect of it? Um, is it the people? Is it the projects? Is it the um, working hours? What was the, was, was trouble, what troubles you the most? The people, 100% the people, because um, mm. in, in my role now, especially, I rely on people to do things right, and okay. um, you know, with with a deliverable, if you like, you know, when it's complete, there's mm-hmm. you've, you've done the actions, you've got the resources, you've committed enough effort into completing it, and that's the end of it. It's done. You close yeah. the action. With what I do, so for example, I can implement a risk policy, mm-hmm. and I won't know if that risk policy works until people start adhering to it. People don't want to adhere to it. Right. It's a change from what they usually do. People don't like change. So for me to even test if it works, I've got to convince people to try it in the first place, which is a nightmare. Um, especially when you're, I mean, the project management office, because you come as an outsider and your job right. is to make change, then you're, you're obviously facing two battles. One, you're an outsider. It's like someone coming to your house and telling you to tell you up your kitchen. Who are you type of people? Who are you to tell me? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 of course. And mm. secondly, people are just resistant to change naturally. Um, I think right. with a lot of tech yeah, spaces. Are, that's right. Yeah, with a lot of tech spaces, um, they've, they've operated in sort of individual teams and squads, and they have their silo, and they're always very protective of their silo. So when you come to now implement a policy that exposes mm-hmm. everything, they're like, they're yeah. instantly resilient, instantly against it, because you're now um, allowing people to look into what they do a lot easier. Okay. You know? So obviously that's that's quite interesting because let's let's go back to maybe your first few months where the first you know second third month where um you probably wasn't aware of the people you was going to work with as much as you are now um how do you 
then implement? How do you approach those people? How do you open the dialogue and let them know that oh, I come to work with you guys, not against you guys? You get what I'm saying? In terms of, you know, uh, we'll things will get changed around here, but, um, yeah. you know, don't don't be scared. So how do you, how do you start approaching those type of um, commitments? Yeah. So um, it, it is very intimidating, especially when I was new in this point in the place, um, because mm. you're sort of challenging people that have experience that have experience in the role for longer than okay. their life. Essentially, I was okay. trying, I was telling people that have been working in their role for longer than I've been alive that they have to change something. So obviously, it's, it's right. You know, it's about. But I learned very quickly that the first thing you need to do with any institution where you're making change. Is formally introduce yourself to the people that you're going to be working with, right? And once you've done the formal introduction, take them to go get a coffee, take them to go get a drink or whatever on lunch, and that's so. so the, when you sorry, go on. sorry, go on. I'll let you finish. Sorry. So I think with, with things like that, it, it builds a, a massive foundation for rapport, and it helps them mm. build the communication channels. Once you've done that, there's familiarity, so you can ask certain things and. You know, there's just a lot more receptiveness than trying to email a stranger saying, "Hey, this is me. Yeah. This is what I'm here to do." You know, so it's always a lot more personable when you introduce yourself and you spend time with who you're working with. So when you say uh, formally introduce yourself, is it a case of you know going up to the people who you know you'll be working with and say, "Yeah, this is me, Claudio, and I'm the new, you know, PMO. I'm the new, uh, whatever, whatever." Is that is that what what's your routine in that aspect? Definitely, it's definitely that. And so what, what okay. I always do is um, we'll do like a formal introduction in the office, five minutes, mm. ten minutes. Then you know what? Um, let's go get let's let's get coffee. Fifteen minutes in the morning, or right. um, go on a lunch break and you know spend like ten minutes just chatting. In that way, it's mm. balanced because one, you're, you're showing the professional side, but when you now get the coffee um, or whatever, you, you can show a lot more personality, and it's like cool. They understand it dealing with a human being. Right. So um, it's it's always good just to make sure you're familiar and you're you're on good ground with the people that you're gonna be working with right from the offset. Mm. Don't leave it too late. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And um obviously you said the people are one of the biggest kind of um I wouldn't say risk, but since they're culprits of, of what of what you work, um how do you deal obviously with, with difficult people because i'm presuming you've had uh, experience with that dealing with people obviously that you probably yeah. don't stand or they, or, don't they like, or they don't like you how do you how do you go across that see that's that's interesting um that's always been a big challenge for me i can't lie to you right I'm, I'm very stubborn very hard-headed <laughs> very very yeah. fiery as well you know i, I tend to yeah. deal with people with a lot of respect in the workplace so mm. the minute i send something what's it's like i'm i'm ready to to get distracted, you know, because it's like fire back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like I've, I've never spoken to you or dressed you like this. Don't ever talk to me like this. Um, yeah. So when it comes yeah, to yeah, people, yeah. people, it's sort of one of one or two things. Um, we eventually reason somehow, or mm -hmm. I've, you know, like we just go back and forth until someone gets tired. Um, yeah. But I, I, I know I need to work on my conflict resolution skills. And work <laughs> this, yeah. I've been like, I just feel like um. I feel like a lot of the time people are intimidated by me anyway. You know, being being a young black man in the office, people tend not to go mm. head to head with you anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The times where it happens, you know, that's, I need to work on my conflict resolution skills. Just yeah. a bit more. And I think that's something that um, 
everyone should be aware if they want to get into uh, project management project management in general um, knowing how to deal with people um, even me myself when I started I thought yeah yeah you know I, I know how to deal with people I like people you know I'm outgoing it's, it's, it's not going to be a difficult um, task but when you actually start working with people who don't listen or try undermine you or try you know just just rattle you really yeah. you know you need to remember that yeah in a <laughs> corporate environment yeah so, exactly so um, no definitely definitely makes sense um however in terms of the positive side then what what was something that excites you obviously um when when you work in terms of being a project management office lead feel like um it's it's that you witness change and you're you're able to quantify your efforts. You know, sometimes when you're in a role, so for example, when I was at when I was working in retail banking, um, it's okay. like it's said the work doesn't stop as long as there are people coming to the office to open mm. up a bank account, to open up a credit card. So you just feel like you're in the same cycle every single day. Um, right. that you don't really feel like your efforts are going towards anything like positive or worthwhile. Whereas where in um, where with what I do now in project management, it's like cool. So today I've decided that this is how things should work. Mm. I spend the next two months battling to make it work. The end of the two months comes, it's in place, and it's working. And it's like you're proud of yourself that you know I've I thought of this. I'm okay. orchestrated this change, and this yeah. is the results of my efforts. So you, you can see the journey. And I think seeing the journey is what encourages me because um, when I feel like I'm doing something and it's no no fruition coming from it. It's like, this is, I get bored quickly. Whereas women project management, it's a dynamic environment, needs to always rise. People right, right. So being able to, to witness change and to be a part of it, it, it really encourages me. It's something I enjoy a lot. Um, just because you feel like yeah. your, your efforts are coming to, to life, you know, you're bringing concepts yeah. to life all the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely something I can relate, I think, is the, is the fact that you, you, you are taking whatever product or service from, from one point to another, really, you know, you're really going from point A to point B. And yeah. obviously in between them, anything can happen. Um, but you try and make sure, you know, every, everything stays between scope and, and people Yeah. make sure they make, they meet their targets and stuff like that, which is, which is great, really. Um, moving on, what do you reckon? You know, some, someone wakes up tomorrow and says, okay, I want to be a, a PM, uh, I want to work in, in in PM spaces. What do you reckon um, top three skills they need to have to make sure they'll, they'll do okay, they'll do successfully? Um, I think you need to definitely build on your report, your report skill. You, you report skill, yeah. yeah you, you need to be able to communicate with people. And mm-hmm. It's... Um, there's an element of manipulation when you get people to work in change conditions that you want. And right. for, that, for that to work, you need to have good communication skills and the ability to build rapport with people. So, And even just in terms of general likability, you know, like I said, if, you, if you're likable in the office, you, you can influence a lot and you can get away with a lot. Um, yeah. That's, that's yeah, literally yeah. how I got the risk manager role when I was at the investment bank. Um, purely because they liked me. I, I had no, not a single qualification or bit of experience that was relevant to that. 
Right. But they gave it to me, they just couldn't let me. So, and there's that. I think um, you, as, as cliche as it is, you really do need to be a dynamic thinker, um, especially for what dynamic I'm doing. Dynamic what, sorry? A dynamic thinker. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with, if you're working in delivery, you know what you've mm-hmm. got to do, you know what you've got to orchestrate to get the deliverable sorted. But yeah, for me, it's like, cool, they'll throw, a pro- they'll throw a problem on the table and say, fix it. And I've got to sit there and think of a way to, to solve the problem. So, if you don't have sort of um, the ability to think outside the box or see things from a different perspective, um, so, for example, when you're stakeholder mapping with a problem, you've got to see how that mm. problem affects everybody in the organization so you've got to think from different perspectives you need to be dynamic in how you think yeah okay. um, and so third, we, sorry third, yeah and third, yeah i was gonna say basically just be quick on your feet as well at the same time yeah so you know I, I, quick on your feet is important but i think with being quick on your feet there's, there's always a risk of um i don't know i don't know like i've, I've never felt like i've had to be really quick on my feet because I've always mm. just been honest if I don't know the answer about something. Like okay. I, I, I okay. don't know. But I'll get the I'll mm. get the answer to you today or tomorrow or whenever. Um I mean being quick on your feet helps because yeah. you'll be posed with questions and there'll be times where someone's gonna ask you something and you ain't got time to, to go and do research because you're in an audience with a thousand people. Yeah, of course. But yeah. at the same yeah. time it's like as long as you know your content then yeah. quick, quick on your feet is always backed with the foundation as opposed to sort of drawing from the hip and trying to get it right. You know? Right. Um, that makes, makes sense. Yeah. And the third skill, I'm trying to think, the third skill, I'd, I'd say confidence. You need, to, mm. you need to be confident. So it's interesting because a lot of the skills I've written to like in the project management tool, they're sort of introspective skills. It's, it's, it, these are things that you develop as a person, not just from working in, in the field. Mm, um, that's true. Because confidence, listen, if you if you come to me and you want me to change something and you're not confident in, in your demeanor or how you speak or even in belief in what you're saying, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to take you seriously. I'm, I'm just not going to yeah. take you seriously. I feel like you're wasting that's my time. Right. So yeah, I think yeah, um, yeah, yeah. confidence and charisma, they're, they're very important. Right. Very, very important. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so obviously, I'm presuming that you you worked on on different projects. Um, uh, is there a specific um one that you enjoyed the most? Have you had a favorite one? Um, probably the one I'm doing now. Um, okay. so just to break it down a bit, just in case anyone doesn't understand what it is, um, KPI a key a key performance indicators. They're just like measures that companies use to track performance. Right. So um, before my team got there, there was none of that. And people were just sort of churning out code, churning out output, and there was no measure. It was just like, cool, this is it. Take wow, okay. Leave, which was ridiculous because this company was, it was a pretty new company. It was, it was a break away from a bigger company. Right, okay. So they took on a lot of old habits from the old company, and um, mm. they just needed to make changes to become more sustainable. So... And implementing okay. that, we had to find a tool that made sense, and we had to sort of identify the needs, and then the people okay. that were using it, and how we could benefit those people. And then from that point on, we orchestrated workshops, um, different training. We had 
hundreds of meetings with different people, trying to get people on board. And in terms of even developing the tool itself, so we started off with the skeleton of it. And um, as we've grown the user base and we've developed different requirements, we've identified needs ourselves and even the vendors giving us suggestions. Is this is this is this tool for in-house or, or for actual clients? So in-house, yeah, yeah. So in-house. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. nice. But because the tool, so it's in-house, but the tool, they had, they didn't have any other clients. So we were their first right. main client. And because they're one of our vendors as well in terms of um, providing in, um, okay. resources, it just made sense to go with them. So we were their first client. So that gave us a lot of power when it came into developing the tool. Um, there were things that they charged us for, things that they didn't. But we would always bring suggestions and, and sort of get a speedy response and some good development on those suggestions. Um, so just okay. looking at the way the tool was developed over the last what six months and um the, how the user base has grown and how things are actually changing um this was just supposed to give us visuals on metrics and it's now right. grown to sort of a senior management level reporting tool and it's just crazy how it's how it's rapidly rapidly grown so i've really enjoyed it um and it's, it's again it's, it's led to some brilliant opportunities so my contract finishes in july but just yesterday friday i was told that it's getting extended and I get to choose between two promotions. So it's... Oh, sick. You know, it's, it's, thank you. It's been, it's been an interesting journey. It's difficult, but it's been good. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and I think and I think you explained quite a lot, obviously, on, on what you've done and um, what people can expect, obviously, as a, as PMs um, and as, you know, leads, if they ever wanted to get into, into the space. Um, Honestly, before we wrap up, we always do a final flash round here at um, at the talk. So where I'll basically ask you about six, seven questions and you just let me know whichever way um, the first answer that comes to your mind. Cool. Okay. Right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Now, best place you ever traveled to? I'd say... Um... Cancun, Cancun, Mexico, okay. last right. year. Okay, great. Favorite TV show or movie of all the time? The Matrix. The Matrix. Okay. Trilogy, the three of them. The I, trilogy, I, yeah? I, okay. I thought it was, was one movie, you know. Um, that's, right, right, I right. watched that film a million times over. Okay. A meal that everyone should try? Pounded yam and Eforiro. You haven't oh, had that in your life. You're, you're missing out. You're missing out. Okay. Um, your favorite app? Um, right now it's a it's an app called Nemo. Um, because I'm teaching myself how to code, so that's okay. It's really really helping in terms of development. Okay, great. And uh, best invention of all the time in your the in electric, your opinion? electric toothbrush. I'll I'll sing this thing's <laughs> praise until the day I die because I don't know yeah. brushing brushing your teeth can be so tiring sometimes you know you wake <laughs> up you're hungover you're hungry <laughs> like and you want to brush your yeah. teeth so just pressing the button and the thing spins to you like that's the best thing best bro, ever. When, I, when I got that to brush I was brushing my teeth like ten times a day so I could you know now now makes sense right so um. Obviously, thank you so much for for coming through. Um, please, obviously, let people know where, where to find you if um if they wanted to be in contact with you or anything else. 
Yep, so on Twitter, it's um, U-N-K-O-E underscore K. On Instagram, yeah. um, it's U-N-K-O-E underscore K, with another underscore at the end. And those are the two best places to contact. Sounds good, sounds perfect. Um, again, I would like to thank you very much for coming through and uh, giving us, obviously, insight on what you do and how you got into it. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for having me, man. And as always, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. On to the next one. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please make sure you subscribe and share it with your friends and family. If you would like to speak about your role and career journey or anything related to work, then all you have to do is follow the 5 to 9 talk account on Instagram and just send over a message. As always, you may be smart, but keep things simple.